Good evening, friends. Welcome back to Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Venus. How's it going, Mike? How was your alternate Monday? Uh, much better. I was uh, going through some disease-covered household in, in my family this last week, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I think I'm uh, recovered, I want to say. Uh, t- today was my first, like, what I would call fully recovered day, um, which was pretty good. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's better. Uh, the, uh, which that time of year it's spring. I've, I've had a little bit of sinus something. I don't know. I don't know that I've ever really had like pollen based allergies, but I don't know. My dad had, has really bad hay fever. Yeah. You're over 40 now, man. It's just a different. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm over 40 and I'm out in Virginia still where I see the evidence of just a lot of pollen, just like a yellow dust on everything. Mm. And I'm like, even without allergies, that would probably mess somebody up a little bit. Yeah, for, for younger listeners out there, when, when you do get over 40, that, that it's, it's an odd thing that like your whole life you can be like, well, you know, genetically, I just didn't get this thing. I'm fortunate to not have that or whatever. And then it just kind of comes back. You're like, oh, yeah, by the way, you do have this. And you're like, what? Uh, like like hey, hey start to, and allergies or whatever it might you be. start to lose your uh your wolverine powers yeah yeah that's a real good thing like i remember you said like i had a super sense of smell i could tell everything i'm like now nah, i couldn't smell anything in the in the room there's just no way yeah mm. but uh or i could hear things all the way down the road and like now nah, not so much uh i'm not terrible it's just you know one of those things so uh yeah the uh it just meant that i've it kind of restricted me from doing some stuff i did get to do a few things, but man, even like I had a couple of times where I was, um, I had a lot of fever what was going on. Um, and I, I was like, I'm going to mm. sit down and I'm home and I'm not doing anything. I'm feeling like a lump on a log. I'm going to go sit down. At least I can do is sit downstairs and maybe play a video game. And I couldn't even do that. Cause it's just, you just felt terrible. Right. So mm. that, that was, that was awful. Um, that's no good. Yeah. No, it, it, it a lot, you know, like I want to do some stuff so we can talk about on the show and then I don't get to do any of that. So limited me to things. I did get to go see a movie, which has made me happy. I just like hmm. see movies. Um, I saw that right before it all started. And, um, yeah. Oh, and then I had a nice day on Saturday when we watched, I watched the, uh, the Coda movie that we, that we were supposed to watch this week. We'll talk about that in a bit. In a bit. Hmm. How, how's been, how's your trip out to, out the east to doing pretty good um i actually went to the movies last week also i was in uh williamsburg and there's a theater here part of the marcus group of theaters called movie tavern oh yeah Uh, it's the same place where where i went and saw um the batman the batman yeah it's it's about 20 minutes from the campground or a little less uh depending on traffic um, and it's nice. It, uh, it has really big spread out seats with little tables on them. And, um, on Monday, not Mondays, on Tuesdays, they have $5 movie nights where they also have their giant popcorn. It's like four twenty-five. Um, and so I've nice. gone there now twice and they also do the thing where I can order beer or food in advance and tell them, like, okay, the movie starts at 7, bring me a second beer at 8, yeah, or whatever. 
Um, I went and saw the anime movie uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah. Which I had heard about. Some of my friends online who watch anime were going to see it. And I'm like, oh, I've heard about that. And I saw it on the, on the marquee, on the sign for the theater. But I haven't seen the series. And he's like, oh, it's a, it's a prequel. It's like a season zero. Ah. I was like, okay, all right. So I watched it. It was fun. It, um, the series is a shonen, which is uh, sort of, I mean, in Japanese, it's the word for a uh, middle school boy. It's like the grade, the, the group before high school. Okay. Or um, the genre in American publishing would be called middle grade. Um, but it's a genre of anime we've probably talked about before. The, um, probably the most famous one now is, uh, My Hero Academia. Oh yeah, right. Um, they, stories, they're not always about middle school characters, but they're, but middle school boys are their target audience. Mm. And so you'll see things like some of the characters might be a little sexualized, but there's never any relationships or romance um, beyond just like maybe little hints and flirting. Like if you watch, like if you or I as an adult watch um, uh, MHA, VNHA, and oh, oh clearly these two are going to get together. They're not. It's like the first two, three Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no, there's no romance here. Um, that's just one aspect of it. It's very often. Uh, the it has its own set of like tropes and archetypes. Like the stories are usually going to be some kind of like we call maybe hero's journey. I don't know if that's the, necessarily the right term, but it's usually some kind of training arc, like long form training arc, often with um, like duels and maybe tournaments. Right, like uh, MHA has tournaments several times, and you get this. This wide range of characters, people have different powers, um, and what I noticed in this movie is that things were over-explained from oh. my perspective as a 40-year-old man who has been consuming media for 35 years. Right, sure. Right. I'm like, oh, okay, why, why is he telling him this? We can tell. Like, it's super obvious. And they're like, and then I had to think about it and go, well... If I were eight, eight, eight is too young. If I were 12 trying to watch this, I might not know that. I might not have seen, I definitely would not have seen as much stuff as I've seen now sure. in terms of media to, to be able to tell that. So that was a little tedious to me. But for the most part, it's, you know, this guy and he meets these people and they have these powers. It's a sort of like um, a certain kind of magic exists in the real world. But so they have to go and like try to clean up, you know, do these like exorcisms. I forget if they're ghosts or or something like that. But they have to do that and then try and keep it covered up, which adds a an interesting kind of um, dramatic tension to it. But it was fun. You'll, I didn't so expect you, much out of it, and overall thumbs and was, up and was pretty entertained. Yeah, yeah. Oh, excellent. It, um, not often probably you, not. You get to see probably not particularly like for me, but. And then the, I don't think there was anything else playing that I was particularly interested in. I don't think Everything Everywhere, whatever that's called, was out yet. Um, Wait, weren't you going to so, watch that, uh, um, what was that movie that really kind of 
The Lost City. Weren't you going to watch that with Sandra Bullock? I did consider that. I considered <laughs> that. It's it seemed like um, it seems like a streaming movie. Yes, it um, definitely does. And and I was like, I was like, well, anime on the big screen, why not? Yeah. And obviously, I'm not going to go see Morbius, um, where we actually have plans to go to a private showing of that with Fox at this birthday thing next week. So. Right. Um, poor, poor fella. So that was my that Tuesday. So, so far in advance, too. Like, I, I know that he would have chosen something else. If, not that any of us have seen it, but the reviews aren't coming right. through very good at that one. But we, we all oh, yeah. talked I mean, about we're, we're going to Mystery Science Theater that. Yeah, I have another uh, online friend who went to watch it, and he's a guy who loves bad movies. Mm. And he got, ba- he got back out of it, and he was like, uh, I expected it to be bad, but not, not this kind of bad. It's like... Every every decision was wrong. Every like uh, artistic choice was mis, mis was a misstep. But Oof. yeah, so we'll see. Oof. We'll see. Um, so that was Tuesday, and then uh, what else did I do? Um, I went down this past weekend um, and camped in North Carolina, just over the border. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a nice campground with, uh, I had a view of the lake and there were a lot of people, um, doing campfires. So I did that a little bit. Like I did that last night when we did online game night, mm-hmm. uh, board game night. When we all kept yelling that outside you, that, your, that your house was on fire. My house was on fire. I, I had a fire and had it next to my camper with the windows open. So like the inside of my camper all smelled like smoke after <laughs> that. And I was like kicking myself because it was cool enough down there that i had i had the windows open um and oh in between that drive um i stopped at a i don't think it's called national park but um national historic maybe it's national historic park um it's the site or group of sites of the um the battle and the siege of Petersburg during yep. the Civil War, right? A lot of the um, National Park Service sites in this area are Civil War battlefields, right? Where, if you know anything about the Civil War, it was mostly fought the U.S. Civil you know, War yeah. south of, yeah, the U.S. Civil War is mostly fought around Washington D.C. and Virginia. Like, there's some like Gettysburg is in Pennsylvania, but that's as far north as it gets. It's mostly um, it's mostly around Virginia and down into the Carolinas and, of course, Georgia. Um, but as I mentioned before, I have the, the passport, the, the National Parks passport. So when I'm moving, as I was in this case, I was driving on a Saturday. So I'm like, I'm not in any hurry to get to the camp, campground. And so what is there to do and see on the way, right? Do I look for a flea market or see if there's a cool museum or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I saw there was a national park. And I'm like, I'll go down there and see it. It was um, a little rainy when I was in Williamsburg. And so I didn't get to go outside and walk around much. And I was like, I don't, you know, I have a, I have a decent familiarity with the Civil War. Um, but I'm not, you know, even though I used to be a reenactor, I, I didn't get super into the history. But I've seen the whole Ken Burns series twice, probably. 
Um, and so I'm less interested in like going and reading a bunch of plaques because a lot of them are going to tell me stuff yeah, I already right, know about right. life at the time and stuff. But it's, you know, depending on the site, it, it'll be a nice open place maybe with some trails. And um, I don't know a lot of the details of Petersburg, Petersburg but it was this protracted siege that sort of spread out, I'm gesturing with my hands, that <laughs> spread out across a wide area. And so they have the park set up with two, um, let's say gift shop, two uh, like welcome centers, whatever you call it, like a building with a shop and the, and the stamps. Yeah. There's a, um, it's for the two fronts or, or something. I only went on one of them. So there was a, a shop, and then the trail is a road, and it only goes one way. And every so often, there's a, a pull-off site with a parking lot where you can get out and see. They might still have, like, earthworks where they dug. It's sort of the, the precursor, predecessor to trenches, okay. right? And they would dil- dig, they would build up the earth, the, the soil, into these sort of embankments and hills and then like lay behind them and shoot over them and stuff like that. Yeah. It's again, it's the basic version of, of trenches. Um, you know, that they would have just 50 years later in trench warfare, world war one. Um, and so some of that is still there, right? Like I think that they've probably, um, NPS is pro and, and other groups have probably, um, enhanced those a little bit as they've started to erode of course it's been over 150 years um but the big the big like iconic piece of this of this um um encounter in the war is something called the the crater the battle of the crater i haven't heard of that one does that mean anything if i tell you that you ever you probably didn't see this but there was a movie back in the early 2000s called cold mountain okay uh, with with Brene Zellweger and um, oh, uh, Nicole Kidman. Don't know that one. It featured the crater at the beginning, but the idea is um, the Confederates had this sort of um, reinforced position, right? It was up on a hill, and I think they probably had earthworks and stuff in front of it. And the Union decided to uh, dig a tunnel under it and fill it with explosives. Right. Oh, Describing okay. it now, you're like, this sounds like a joke. Right? <laughs> right. This sounds like something that happens in a in a fantasy novel right. or something. But they really did this. You can see some of the remnants of the tunnel. I think they probably have dug it out since then, because again, it's been years and years. But you can see where the tunnel started, and then they had a special system of using these like small fires to make a uh, draft. Right. You know how a fireplace works. Yeah. Um, they would make a shaft for air, and then, and then they had these wooden, um, uh, like, wooden tubes, right? If, like, if you want to make a pipe, but you don't have pipes, you use wood to make a, to make a hollow, like, tube. Yeah. I'm describing it. I'll, I'll see if I can find there. I'm sure there's a Wikipedia article I can put in the show notes. But they had these fires that would draw the stale air up out of the tunnels and out these holes. And then these wooden tubes to bring fresh air in from the far end of the tunnel. I don't 
know how the Confederates didn't see that. Maybe there was enough chaos or all this space was no man's land, so they couldn't do anything about it anyway. Yeah. But um, the Union gets in there, and they pack all these explosives and blow it up and make this huge crater. And then (laughs) they... So they killed a lot of Confederates in that explosion, but then they waited, I don't know, some ridiculous amount of time, several hours, I think, um, before doing anything else. They're just like, what do we do now? I'm sure, I mean, I'm poking fun at it a little bit, but it's one of the, on the list of of blunders by the Union, the the North in in the Civil War. This is one of the big ones because they then marched guys into this crater and it had kind of you know maybe not sheer but very steep sides because they had just blasted a hole in the ground (laughs) yeah right and so they got down into it and then couldn't get back up and so the confederates on the hill you know obviously ones that were further back that didn't get caught in the explosion could come up there and just shoot down at them like fish in a barrel it's it's they recreate it in the in the opening sequence of of Cold Mountain and it's just horrific to watch. <laughs> You're like, what sheer stupidity! These guys are like, the the Confederates up on the hill eventually are just like throwing their muskets with bayonets fixed down into this mass of bodies that are just like getting pushed from the ranks behind because they're still trying to move forward and there's no more room. It's it's awful. That's right. Anyway, <laughs> that spot is still there in this. In this site, one of the things I didn't say, which is incidental to the story, but um, the road that goes down has these little mini parking lots, but they have turnoffs and and one or two spaces at most of those that are designed for buses. Okay. I only mention that because it meant there was somewhere that I could park because I had my camper with me. Oh, you know, yeah, I can yeah. park in a in a bus spot and then, you know, walk around and then pull out and go. But I went to that spot. I looked at a couple places where there were earthworks and walked on some of the trails and then found that spot where the crater is. It's like, you know, the crater, it's like the site where the crater was because it's been like they filled it in within a few days to make like a mass grave. (laughs) And then at some point after that, um, they came and, uh, exhumed or whatever a lot of those bodies to put them in proper cemeteries and so like the actual hole where the crater is has been dug out and filled in at least twice plus like 150 years of erosion Mm, so you see it's sort of a low spot in the ground but it's nowhere near as impressive as you might picture like a crater on the moon for example right um but that was my saturday and then, cool. yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really do much else. Um, I, you know, still, I just did still some, more productive than, than ch- me laying in bed all day. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I did. I did some laundry Sunday. I guess that's, that's about <laughs> it. It's always a little bit of an adventure. Like how do the system, how do the, how do the machines work? Like, do they use the app or do I have to find quarters somewhere? And <laughs> there's usually like like four machines four of each machine and so like what time do i have to go where there's not they're not all going to be being used and well it's it's about three weeks over three weeks ish overdue but uh you made it through winter on on your your trip i can't remember when what month did you start your uh 
uh, travels in. I I tell people that I started before the holidays. Yeah. Um, because my intent was to be camping before Thanksgiving. Um, I didn't do that because of my scooter injury. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but I did start camping pretty soon after Thanksgiving, like a week or two. Yeah. Uh, maybe either very late November or early December. So that, and then I mean that's that's false. I went that's home. False still. Yeah, I I mean uh, I should say by that point I had been living in the camper since uh, before Gen Con, right? Whenever yeah. that was, late August, mm-hmm. early September. Um, but I didn't start going to campgrounds until after Thanksgiving, and then I was home at my parents for like a week and a half, two weeks over the holidays, um, and. Yeah, so I've been, I've been in campgrounds full time since, um, since January sixth, but in the camper full time since like September. Yeah, the um, th- that I would I would count that as an entire winter that you've made it through. Um, oh yeah. yeah. So so n- now you get to get to come into the you s- you start your adventure in the roughest time to be a camper, um, but now you get to have the best times, right? The spring and the summer and the fall. That you get to go around. It de- to yeah, it, it depends on your perspective, right? Like what I'm not really looking forward to is trying to get into these campgrounds in like May, June, July through September. Oh, is that because of pe- the people? Because, because the people, like the campgrounds are going to fill up. I'll have a hard time getting spots. Places will just be crazy busy with people and kids running around and all that stuff. We'll see. I don't know. That's yeah. my, that's what I've been saying. Like, this will be the real test. Like if I, I'm going to probably extend my, my membership to get the Northeast zone and maybe go up into new England mm-hmm. as it gets warm, try and find the places that are still probably, I mean, like in July, it's still not going to be, it's still going to be warm in, in Maine. Yeah. How do I say this? In July, it's going to be warm even in Maine. Okay, sure. Right? Yeah. So there was, there was still, there will still be people there. You should just um, do the opposite and go like far out west where it's like, beautiful all the time. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if it's like, that was one of the things I heard that they're like, in January, you can't get a campsite in Florida. In July, you can't get a campsite on, in the Pacific Northwest. Mm, yeah. Right? And I'm like, well, that, that sort of makes sense. There are a lot of campgrounds in the program along the Washington and Oregon coast, it looks like. Oh, I bet. Um, yeah, so that, that is an option, too, but I'd have to cross you could be a the whole country to get over there. So, um, Well, you got to do that so that, you know, when I go on vacation, I can pick out somewhere out west to go meet you out down there. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, it. I'm probably, my, my plan is to try New England first because there are most of those states up there I've never been to. Um. Basically everything north of Maryland and Pennsylvania. Yeah. I don't think... I've never even been to New York anywhere in the state. Mm. Um, and so everything past there, Massachusetts... Probably not a lot Vermont, of spots for your thing in, the, in New York City. Probably not. N- no, not in the city. <laughs> I mean in the states, right, obviously. Right, right. I think my parents went to Niagara once, but uh, I never have. Yeah. Well, the... Uh, I mean, that's that's pretty cool going all the way out there and 
and then you know making it this summer and do you get to like uh can you like plan ahead and make reservations way way in advance i can up to 60 days Hmm. i always see i always see that when you watch the youtube people they're like i'm just camping outside the mountains today i'm just on the side that's what yeah it's that's one of those things that, like, everybody does it differently, mm-hmm. right? And the people who are interesting and successful on YouTube are doing kind of interesting, successful things, right? Or successful is the wrong word. They're doing interesting, uh, well, interesting is the best word for it. Like, they're not going from one RV park to the next. Some of them are. Yeah. But they're like, oh, I'm boondocking here. I'm camped on the edge of the Grand Canyon yeah. or whatever. And it's their it's their whole life. Like... I can do a little bit of that stuff, but my camper is not really set up to be off-grid for extended periods of time, Mm. right? Like when I do the Harvest Host program where I stay at a winery or a brewery, yeah, that's off-grid camping. Like they almost never have uh, uh, electricity or water. And I can do that for two, maybe three nights in a row. Um as long as I'm not working, right? If it's the weekend, if I have to work, I need power to have my computer on all day. Right. Um, so that's, that's a thing. Like I, I could get to that point, uh, but I wanted to kind of ease my way into it. Obviously a lot of the people who do that either don't want to spend the money on campgrounds because it it is expensive, especially if you need RV spots. Um, or are really trying to, you know, get away from people and they want to go out to, like, the Bureau of Land Management, uh, BLM land, um, out west in the deserts where you can go and just camp in one spot for 14 days and then you have to move. And I'm like, how do you get water all that time? That seems like <laughs> a challenge to me. Right. But they do it, obviously. Yeah, that... Caravan that, and stuff. that um... I always thought that what you had mentioned that uh, harvest host was the coolest thing. You know, staying at brewery. It is. And, and it is. It is super cool. I I was a little nervous about it at first because I'm always like, you know, any any time I do something new, I'm like, what is this gonna be like? Do you go and the first place I tried it was like a, um, actually one of the guys Troy or or somebody at ICGCon mentioned it. Uh, yeah, by name because he's like, there's this place in Hot Springs, Arkansas. It's an off-road, uh, an off-road park. It's like a a campground where people go off-roading. Nice. I think it's Troy. Who who has the? Yeah, that's Troy. Yeah. Who has the? Who has the Jeep with the with the Ghostbusters? Yeah, that's Troy. Yeah. Stuff on it. He's a, he's an off-road um, Jeep guy. And and I was like, I was like, oh, I don't really know or am at all interested in off-road stuff but I camped at that off-road park because they're in the Harvest Hose program and, you know, let people camp overnight for free. And I liked it, but I was like, okay, this is cool. A lot of them are, like, people's farms, right? So I'm like, uh, that's weird to me. Like, what is the, what's the situation? Gonna, and it is different everywhere, but most, most everywhere I've stayed, like, some have been better than others. Um... The best one was probably the winery up on the hill, uh, east of the Shenandoah, and the none of them were bad. 
I would say, that I've, that I've been to. The, the farm in Mississippi was just kind of boring, mm-hmm. but they still sold me firewood, and I got to sit outside with a fire and chill out. And, and, and have, a brew, have a beer. Yeah, I, I probably had beer with me because it was just a farm. Like, they didn't have... The oh, right, stuff yeah. that they sold was, like, eggs and... and I almost said milk. They might have had milk, <laughs> like eggs and, and meat and stuff, but they oh, yeah. were all sold out for the season because it was March or whatever, end of oh, February. So that's um, cool. But yeah, it is, it is cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, you, you need to start putting some pictures up on, uh, on uh, Drake Brewhouse is what you need to do is populate that stuff again. That, that old I start, yeah, I started updating my travel blog, but... Uh, it's it's time consuming. I think I need a different a different system for that because it's too like the the barrier to it is too high. I never get to it. Yeah, I mean, you just got to do what everybody else does. Hire a PR person that does it for you. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> or or be like the the successful people on YouTube who make their living off of putting that content online, and so they are highly motivated. Right. Right. Of course. Oh, okay. So, what do we get to? That's this week. Uh, we we want to talk about. It's going to be a tough one. We want to talk about uh, Coda first. Kind of start with a emotional sure. movie this week. All right. This week we watched the movie Coda. That's uh, an acronym for Child of Deaf Adults. Um, it's a at some point, I knew the the production information for it, but it's a little bit of a um, not made for streaming, but like an independent film that got uh, it got picked up by Apple TV, I think, and um, that that added to its popularity. Yeah, um, it it won Academy Awards for Best Motion Picture. I think I mentioned last week, uh, Best Supporting Actor for uh, Troy Kotzer, the the dad, and um, and best adapted screenplay for the for the story for the script. The 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 name is uh, I thought was a little interesting thing in itself. Uh, I I knew as a musician the that coda mm-hmm. is a, a music term, and then right when I saw this one, uh, you know right off the bat the first thing it does is it tells you that acronym what coda is for, and uh, and then obviously right. after the words so coda. I think it's a Italian. Uh, it means like um, the tail or the end. In in music, yeah. you you're playing when you play, you'll play the the sheet music to get to a certain spot, and there's a special symbol at the top, and it, it says that uh, you know to go back to uh, like to repeat to go back to a certain spot, and you play. And it's kind of like you're repeating the section the music all, all over again and repeating yourself, mm. and then you get to the coda, and it, you jump ahead to this ending, and the coda is the ending of the song. It's like a, a section that brings the piece or the movement to an end. Um, okay. So, so when this show being Coda, it's kind of like, without going too much into spoilers, it, it, it's like, this is the ending tale piece to her repetitive kind of thing that she's been doing this cycle. Mm. She feels stuck in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And, and this is the, this is this music, thing that she has is this coda so it had it had this right. it was just really well named um 
mm-hmm. movie that, or, that has to do with music and hearing and has that. And I was like, oh, they just that was just a really you couldn't have picked a better name for a uh, for, for this movie. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's about it's about yeah. uh, for those who haven't seen it, it's about a a girl whose family, who which is mom, dad, and brother, who is older than her. Um, they are fisher people. They're in the fishing business. They go out and you know fish mm-hmm. on the, in the ocean, and uh, they're all deaf except for her. And she's about seventeen right. or eighteen years old, uh, a senior in high school. Um, she's about to graduate. High school. About to graduate, and you know. So that sounds like a basic th- setup for kind of a basic movie. Okay, well, it's going to be, you know, stuff like that. But um, this movie has a lot of heart. I mean, and it just, and I think the heart is because of the cast. Um, I think yeah, all people in the cast um, just are, just, how do I say, just have good feeling to them. They perform like they're natural in their roles, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and I'm assuming that the, the cast who are, are deaf are actually deaf. I know that one of them is this, the, the, the mom. She was in West Wing. The, the mom was in West Wing. Yeah, Joey yeah. Lucas. Yeah, and she's fantastic. Um, she was not, phenomenal in West Wing. Um, she's, she's so good in this. So, and she's um, so good in this, yeah. Um, so, and so was the dad. Uh, and the brother Madden. was really good. Um, so the, the dad, Troy Kutzer, won the Oscar for supporting actor. And so I knew from oh, his... Oscar acceptance speech that he, you know, signed, which was so, you know, that was before the slap that I would have said that was the highlight of the night. Yeah. Well, because well, it was just, it was so genuine and so heartfelt. Um, I'm going to have to watch that. It helped me. I didn't see that. It helped me. It helped me appreciate this movie because on the surface of it, the story of this movie is almost like a Hallmark movie. Yeah, right. right? I, I, was, I would see this something family, on a, you know, and, made for TV Hallmark And you've movie. got this girl, and she has this goal. She has this dream that's in, in conflict with her life and her role in her family. And what is she going to do? It, you know, how is she going to... You, you're not really surprised by anything that happens. It's all really straightforward. Yeah. Um, but the, the execution and the emotion of it is so so good um that i understand that between a combination of it's my understanding and i don't know much at all about these things i'm I'm sort of parroting things that i've heard in other places um this movie was promoted hard by whatever groups that influence the people who vote in the academy um and so that, you know, I don't know what, what goes on with that. And then compared to the other choices, um, this movie is a, what's the word? Um, I don't want to say a diversity vote, but it kind of is a diversity vote, right? It's like it gets, it gets bonus points in people's mind for being made with these uh, differently abled people sure. cast. Sure. Um, and and telling this and telling this story in a way that I think is more um, boy, this is going to be a kind of problematic thing to say, <laughs> but it's an easier thing for people to get behind than um, socioeconomic or racial difference. Does that make sense? I kind of know what you're saying. Um, you see what I'm saying? It's yeah. not. It's not divisive. Uh, yeah, it's not um, as divisive. 
it's not as divisive. It's not like, oh, you picked this movie because the cast are all African American, right? Which is different kind of. Anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to get any more of that because that's not. That's not the point. I think it. I think it did influence some of the voters. I don't know for sure that you would call it a a best picture, as in like the best movie doing something different in movies this yeah. year. And I don't even remember what movies it was up against. I think one was Dune, which I definitely would have picked this one above Dune because I understood this one. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's. Um, I mean, we can get into spoilers, but I've already said there are really no surprises in the story. Um, let's do it anyway, because I think there are moments that are better experienced if you're not prepared, right? Like, even though you can guess where the story is going, there are still moments that surprised me, um, and I don't want to ruin those for people who haven't seen it. So I'm going to hit the bell here. We're going to talk in some specific detail about... Uh, uh, story elements of the movie Coda, and if you don't want to be spoiled on those, go ahead and skip ahead to uh, final thoughts. Yeah, I, I mean, we we watched. Um, I've been talking a while. Go ahead. We watched Belfast. Um, I've seen Power mm-hmm. of, Power of the Dog and Dune. Mm-hmm. These were movies that were were uh, nominated. At King Richard, which I've not seen. Um, I think King Richard won, or he Will Smith won for best actor. I think I can't remember what which best one actor. Yeah. Uh, and again, everybody who's watched, listen to me at any length of time knows that I take no, put no stock in these awards. So that doesn't mean anything. Uh, but um, I will say of these list of movies that we've seen, Belfast, I felt was just, I'm sure, okay. Uh, Dune, I, I enjoyed Dune because I like Dune. Um, but I also know that it's mm-hmm. only one half of a movie. So like that feels right, weird to right. even like talk of it as a movie. Yeah, um, exactly. And uh, Power of the Dog, I just did not like it all. Did not care for it. Um, right, wasn't for you. Was not for me. Uh, so Coda, um, on the other hand, I, I mean, I, I agree with some of the things you'd said, like uh, easy to get that extra votes. But um, I think some of the things about it was that. Like, it's, there's no way to tell these this or to encapsulate what's being said here than it is about that the the hearing you know disabled thing um yeah yeah and and not not just like being you know, like seeing a, a helen keller show or you know there's a lot of uh, different movies about you know hearing impaired people um this one was just the, the, and i hate saying this word we say like like the the real a real feeling like it felt everything about it felt like just a family that was very relatable all the like everyone was very relatable people um and yeah. and, and I, that actually may, may sound weird too but that, i think that was the point the point of this is that is that you know hearing impaired people hearing impaired families in in particular in this one here that they're wanting to talk about um are just very normal people who have normal lives do normal things and um aren't necessarily exciting or special or or big they're just people who are working right and can't make the bills mm-hmm. or our families and have things like Tinder that they're looking for. And, you know, the, the oldest son is, you know, he's in his twenties. He's trying to like become a person, right. Trying to, right, right. you know, he really is. And he, he wants to go to, it seems like wanting to go to hang out with uh, guys at the bar after work 
And that's just a normal yeah. thing. And he's totally capable to do it. He's personable and a normal person. But because of this hearing impaired thing, it's just this terrible block, right? Um, right. That, that he, he doesn't like, he never laments it, but it's just, it, it is a frustrating thing. And the way that this show presents all those, those points from the dad to the mom to the, the, the son and the daughter uh, just feels so real. And, I, and the fact that it's wrapped up in this uh, whole thing of we've seen it all before, like you just said, like it's nothing new, made it, made it more important, right? It, made, it, it actually made it, this is not new and the, because this is just like a story without hearing impaired people which would be kind of like a normal, boring thing. But because you put hearing impaired people in this, a normal kind of situation, it changes so much dy dynamic stuff, right? Um, yeah. And, and then, yeah. then of course, you have the perspective of the, of the daughter and how mm -hmm. she, you know, is the coming of age type stuff where she, mm -hmm. you know, wants to move on with life. But not only does she have to, have to move on with life with every teenager has to deal with and when, separating from parents and parents need for her, but the fact that they literally need her to function at, to some, you know, right. to a more extent than what, you know, parents say they love their kid and don't want them to go. It, there's more to it. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that, yeah. I mean, I mean, we've seen, mm -hmm. yeah. So the, the thing I told our buddy Fox, because he, uh, before the Oscars party, I asked him for recommendations for mm -hmm. stuff that, was you know on the nominations list but still relevant enough to you and i that we should we should watch it and maybe talk about it on the podcast this yeah. is one belfast was another um mitchell's versus the machines was one he gave me also um and so i talked to him after i watched it and just like uh just like in kanto but in a in a different like boy i mean i I think I have just peripherally known hearing impaired people. I don't know if that's the right term, but that's the one I'm going to use. Um, I have, you know, seen them in shows. We talked about um, um, Lee Matlin was in West Wing. Um, there's an actress whose name is right on the edge of my brain who was in Weeds and also in the show Jericho um, who was hearing impaired. And I've known, like, I've met a handful of people throughout my life. I had a friend in high school who um, was very, um, I don't want to say into, because that sounds dismissive, derogatory, but she studied ASL in high school um, and was married to a deaf person for a while. Um, and so it was always just, like, on the edges for me. And I, I bring all that up to say there were so many things in this movie that were relatable. Yeah. Despite really. all of that. Like, like when, when the daughter tells the mom that she is going to do, she picked a club at school, or how, however she says that, and it's choir. And the mom, in a, in the, this is the most maybe not the most this is a very harsh way for me to say this the mom makes it about her yeah right what does she say if i were blind would you have wanted to be an artist yeah right right and and so i can i can see i can see that from both sides right yeah. like f 
from the perspective of the mom, she's like, you're going to do something that I can't, that I can't experience. And from the perspective of the daughter, this is my decision. It's not about you. Um, and so that's like, I mean, I think probably not everybody, but that's almost a universal thing for parents to have a child be interested in something that they're not, that they're not, right? right? That they're right. not interested in, that they don't understand, that they don't, you know, why do you care so much about these video games? Why do you, what, what's so great about playing guitar or whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. the whole, a whole list of those. And, um, the, the daughter's like timidity in front of other kids when you get that, like, she's not deaf, but she had a thing where she talked like a deaf person when she started at school. And that makes perfect sense. And it's also something that you don't think about. Like, it's not something that I would have, you don't think about, right? Like she learned, she learned to talk around people who can't talk. Well, I mean, they could talk, but they can't hear. So they, they can't really talk. Um, And and they hit and then they hit on everybody, a lot of those things. Everybody like that. knows that kids in school will will find whatever they can because they're still figuring out how to be, hopefully figuring out how to be decent humans. Yeah. Um, they will pick anything they can. Like we watched um, um, a silent voice. Yeah. Right. The same, like a, a similar sort of you know story, but. Just to to kind of like, not even out of malice, right? Like there are bullies who are legitimately malicious, but in most cases are just trying to, are just craving attention and validation and and self-actualization just like anybody else and have found the, the, the most successful way to do that is to put somebody else down, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and so that part of it's relatable. And then to get to the actual performance, and it was still this sort of buildup where you're like, she's going to go, but she's, she's sort of timid, but they're late, but the teacher's still there. I put this on our list because um, the teacher, whose name is not right in front of me, um, I'm not going to pronounce Ber- this right. Ber- but, Bernardo. Uh, Bernardo. Uh, Eugenio Derbez is his name, but I'm again, probably saying wrong. Um, he's the lead in the Apple TV series Acapulco, mm-hmm. which is a sort of flashback story about this guy who is a wealthy millionaire in the present, but worked as a, like, server, waiter, not really waiter, but like a whatever. Whatever you would call it at a hotel, like a like a doorman, like a footman. Um, he's the lead in that, so I recognize him. I'm like, oh, this is a great character for him this sort of foppish uh, um, choir teacher is great um anyway they get to that performance and it's it's executed so perfectly because she's trying to do her thing and her family are there but they can't hear her so they're like you know what should we do for dinner kind of kind of talking talking no it's not i'm confusing the scenes not the not the audition the um the recital at the school yeah is is when they go and they're they're there to support her but they can't hear her so you know what they're going to watch her and the um the brother is talking to her friend cuz they're sort of dating and it's like is it good is she good like 
they have no way of knowing. Yeah. And so you get this, you get this thing, and this is when the movie broke me. It goes silent, right? Yeah. She's singing, and we've watched her playing, but it goes silent. We don't get to hear it. What we do get to see is the dad, Troy Kutzer, looking around the room. Mm-hmm. He's watching. Uh, because he can't hear it, he's looking for reactions of people who can and it's so brilliant. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and, 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 I, and I see that thinking about it. I, 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 you know, you see that in people that I know that, that are hearing impaired. I I've seen that them do that, right? Like when they're sure. looking at crowds and they're just looking at people as people are all looking at something else, they're looking at or listening to something else or whatever. They're looking at them. And this was just that, how well can you, do it better than what what just happened here. And, and the fact that it was with a song that felt like again, in every other movie would be like, Oh, there, this is the song that they're going to end up singing together and it's going to be beautiful and wonderful. And we're going to hear it in a big rousing moment. Right. And you expect that. And then it does it. And they, they start it and here's the big scene. And then it just quickly fades to nothing. And you're like, this is perfect. This is so perfect. Cause they will never hear the beautiful song that she's been practicing forever with this boy and this right. love interest and things. Right. And, and, and so and then, we don't get to either. And, and we don't get to either. And which was just perfect, right? It, like how much better can you yeah. get than putting yourself in this family's shoes? than they're coming to this place and supporting her, but just for no reason, they're just sitting there. Right. I would, you know, it's right. If I was blind going to an art show, I'm just going to sit here. Right. I'm here, but right. what am I going to do? Um, and, and you gotta be kind of, you know, and they were also very happy. Like they, you know, they do the, the signing for, you know, cheering and you're like, that's mm-hmm. so great. They don't know how to clap together because they can't hear the beat. Um, but yeah, w- seeing his, his looking at other people. And then also those, those little actors that were the, the extras, right. That you could just see their faces mm-hmm. of relaying in that moment of silence or that, uh, t- period of silence that you were also like a deaf person you got mm-hmm. the reaction of what was happening. You couldn't hear what was said, but you saw the lady kind of gasp, you know, just a little bit at, in, in like mm-hmm. so she's tearing up or in this other people smiling mm-hmm. really good into the side. Another one just kind of nodding their head slowly. And you're like, that was just well done. I just, I got to see everyone's reaction and knowing that what they're doing on stage is really good, but I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know that. Right. Um, so, the the part that got me that followed along with that one was later on is when, you know, they go back and he's coming to this realization that, you know, she has something and they're holding her back and there's, he's really troubled and he sits outside and this is probably what won him the, the award <laughs> they're sitting in the back and he, te- he asks her to sing, sing for him. And, and she's like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't understand because he can't hear, right? Why would he want this? Right. And then she's singing and he just kind of looks at her while she's singing and she's beautiful and she's singing a beautiful voice. And we know that, but we also know he can't hear this. We just experienced it, right? right. And he looks and he just kind of stares at her and then touches her and then touches her 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 throat and you're just like Mm-hmm. You just, I was just overwhelmed, right? That was that I'm I'm not crying, you're crying type thing, you know, choking up in right. in my throat. Yeah. And he and 100%. it so, something about I wanted to say about this show with all these emotional moments is they didn't go too far. Um, you know, they can these the directors and writers or, or crew and cast can all do and actors do this whole like 
they're going to be a payoff moment and they're just going to like really go for it. They're going to make you gut wrench. They're going to cry and the other guy's going to cry and he's going to break down. They're going to hug, you know, and it's going to be this big thing, but they don't, they just bring it to a very it's, natural kind of thing where it's, it's all it intentionally real, kept very small. Yeah. And if it was real, this is and, how it would and, be, be very, yeah. very heartwarming. And you would be, you know, form a bond with your father or your daughter but you wouldn't like be bawling like that. Right. And the same thing right. when she gets yeah. all upset and she feels used and wants to go off to college and they won't take her, she doesn't scream and throw a fit. She gets like visibly frustrated and wants to cry and then just kind of walks or runs away. Right. And it mm -hmm. just is so like a real reactions to how these things happen that the whole movie was relatable every moment. And you've, you got to see real people like people hearing impaired people who aren't who aren't like um needy or, or like needing rescued or helped or anything they're complete people living great lives all by themselves you know well and part of part of you know we keep using the word relatable but mm -hmm. there's not like you see the contrast between them and the not boyfriends but like her duet partners family right like yeah. she's embarrassed and ashamed not maybe not ashamed but she's embarrassed by her family and he has been you know sort of admiring her whether that you see that it's sort of romantic but also as like he thinks she's amazing for you know what she does as part of that family and he also thinks her family is amazing like his parents never talk her parents are so in love that they catch them having sex like in the next room because they can't yeah. hear they don't know anybody's in the house which yeah. is hilarious um which, which, is, a, which is a great thing the, that, that they all have the stuff like we've seen we've seen stories where a deaf person is special right like they can't hear so they experience the world differently through different eyes like these people are just like all the people around them they have the yeah. same impulses the same desires they do that the all the stuff with the co-op and the and the fish selling thing, like they are the same as all the other fishermen. They're third, however many generation fishermen here. Like there's nothing special about them. Like they use bad language and and all these things. The 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 stuff with the dad. Like we might not be able to experience like this exact thing of a child being interested. And I this is exactly what I said earlier, but. Um, as a deaf person having a child become a singer. Yeah. But, you know, we all, I mean, not all, but any parent can potentially experience that, like, their child is in a play and they don't know anything about theater and they're like, is this good? Or they're an artist. Maybe a, a theater, maybe theater seems more relatable to me because I did theater. But, like, an artist, right? Maybe your your child is doing impressionist or abstract art and you don't know the first thing about art and so you're like go to an art show and you're like maybe watching some of the other people looking at the art to see what their reactions are because you don't know it's completely foreign to you it's not the same it's not exactly the same as having a disability or being differently abled but the the emotion is the same yeah. it's still something it's still a a, a a gap it's still a um 
it's still a well it's a gap it's a way that you can't you're separated now from your from your child and you can yeah. obviously if if you're not different like you can try you can try and understand their art even if you don't but that's still as much as you can do like if you're not into art you're just not like you can't learn you probably can learn to appreciate art but it yeah. you know so it's it's well, not be- it's not completely apples to apples comparison but well, because of the, these, for, these these people that that are yeah, because of the relatability and that that normalcy that that kind of all these things that we're just saying here and, and the mom and the daughter and all these kind of normal stuff, it makes all of the the times where you see the the difficulties they have with uh, um, relating and or interacting with hearing people all more poignant, right? You you you're, you're mm-hmm. just. You're totally along along with these people. I love that they go to the doctor because they have jock itch and then they get upset because they can't have sex for for several weeks. And I I love that the (laughs) daughter's like, you can't have it ever. And they're like, what? You know, Uh, which which was great. Uh, It just was. But when they they look to the doctor and the doctor says something and they're like, I don't know what he said. Or they, they signed a bunch of stuff and the doctor's like, I don't know what you just said. Right. It's those moments are even more powerful because they're just normal people. And as a viewer, you kind of, you can finally kind of identify with somebody who's hearing impaired because they're just very, like someone else I would know. Right. And they, mm-hmm. they, they get frustrated. Somebody's jipping them off at their, at their job. And then they're at a meeting where everybody else is also upset and they have something to say. And the guy gets up and he just, he just, he emotes and he has the, he signs and there is like, I don't know mm-hmm. what you're saying. Right. And you're just so, you get so frustrated. You're sitting there with him getting so frustrated that, right? Like this guy yeah. is the guy that's going to do it. He's got a thing. He may not be the best person in the world that can do it, but maybe like he's, he's, he's finally going to do it. And, and the son, the same way. Um, and, and th- those moments were great because it just made me, you know, have a little, even more appreciation for the, the, the world that hearing impaired people live in that are trying to, you know, you know, communicate with someone like me who I feel completely inept at, the, at doing my, my, my daughter, Sydney right, is taking right. American sign language, uh, next semester, uh, uh, for the next two years for her, uh, foreign language or her language credit. And mm-hmm. I think that's the neatest thing ever, right? Like having, having that ability, having the ability to speak Mandarin is probably important, you know, uh, or <laughs> French or whatever, you know, Spanish, Sure. Uh, but sure. Ha- having having the ability to sign is equally as important and probably more important because you would f- f- you know find somebody who's hearing impaired in wherever you're at in the world no matter what. Um so right. I, I think that's super super neat and and this is the 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 thing I'll, I'll close this out at the end saying um that you know it it was just a wonderful piece of a movie where I felt normalcy in all of the things that was going on and all, and you know, you have these, these unique perspectives, like when the mom sits down and the daughter asks if you wish that I was born deaf and she says, yes. Right. And then she explains why. Mm-hmm. And it's the complete perspective that I wouldn't be a good mom because I'm deaf. Right. right. Um, and and then I love the reaction, like, no, you're not a good mom for many other reasons, but, um, <laughs> right. Um, but the, um, 
it's the, it's those moments like that that made me feel like there's just so many other little little bitty things sprinkled all the way through and they're just kind of normal things that that are just huge impediments like these these this family can't go on the boat because they just couldn't hear the the radio, radio right and when that those coast guard people just jumped on the boat you're like what the heck man just like they would be right and there's nothing right. wrong with the coast guard people they're totally in their right and it's Keep just the jobs. it just kept feeling all the way through the movie here and there sprinkled throughout this frustration of man this is so difficult this is this shouldn't be this difficult it's already difficult enough living life right let alone right. living yeah, life it's with not, normal things yeah and they're and they're we're using the word normal way too much here but mm-hmm, by contrast right, right. to to a character like um Joey Lucas on on West Wing who the same actress but she's a washington dc professional she has a translator following her around everywhere she goes all the time this this poor family is barely making ends meet you know getting ripped off on this on this selling these fish like they can't afford to hire someone to follow them around and translate all the time and so yeah then you have the the burden on the daughter and all that which is maybe not relatable to everybody but Everybody has, maybe not everybody, but many families have a situation where maybe there's a family business or maybe there is, you know, someone who needs, someone in the family who needs a kind of live-in nurse or hospice type care. Or or, or even more importantly, or relatably, you have kids, like the parents are infirmed or they're they're in a wheelchair or they can't work and they need the kid to help with the other kids, right? They right. can't have them go off to college. Right, right. So, yeah, it's, it, it, so this was great for, for not be, and, and I can't, uh, we talk about recommending it to people. I, w- I would recommend it to everyone. I, honestly, I'm, I'm recommending it to my teenage daughter and uh, to my fiance. <laughs> to, I, I really am. I, and I want to sit down and watch I'm, it with I, them. I almost recommend it. I'm not sure whether the, the sex stuff with the parents would, would bother my parents if I recommended it to my whole family. Mm. I would definitely recommend it to, to many, most of my siblings. Um, but yeah, almost, almost anybody. Like, and, and the hard part uh, about recommending it though, is that you like some of the, the some of the best shows, best movies, uh, mm-hmm. you, just describing it isn't enough. And that's probably, that's a lot of times what these Academy Awards are is that they're they they're movies that um you can't really say why you can't just tell somebody why this is good sure. right you you have to experience the thing um and we've talked about it in a long time right now we still haven't quite been able to convey to someone that this is a movie that if you sit down and I'm going to tell you about it it's going to sound really boring or whatever I'll kind of watch it but as soon as you watch it and you get those actors and you get those people and you get the directing, it just, you don't stop watching it, right? It's just a, yeah, yeah. Every there, little thing there happens. are so many, there are so many contradictions, right? You can tell somebody the story is predictable, but the story will surprise you. You can tell somebody yeah. the movie's heartwarming, but there are, this is not a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Um, you, you know, so many, so many things. It's yeah, and and you're right. Describing it is it, it, is hard, it, but but I I agree. It was excellent, and I would recommend it to almost everybody. Probably this might even be one of those cases where I would have very minimal 
caveats or or explanations because almost anything I can say about it would kind of spoil it for people. Yeah, yeah. I, I just say, hey, uh, I, I've told Shelly, I said, uh, I'm going to watch this with you. And she's like, oh, what's about? I'm like, well, we'll just watch it. It's, it's, a, it's a drama, you know, um, and um, it's worth watching. It's worth your time to watch. You know, that, that's all I can say about it. And, and I, that's all I wanted mm-hmm. to say about it, um, which leads to the next thing I want to talk about, which is I watched the movie Anything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, I'm not going to talk a Any, lot about this movie. Anything Everywhere? It, it's a, any, everything everywhere. Everything Everywhere All everything at Once. Everything Everywhere. Everything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to talk a lot about this Michelle because Young? you haven't watched it. And yeah, I haven't seen it. it yeah, and, and, I I, and might, I might get out to see it in the next week, but we'll see. Well, the reason I don't want to talk about it too much is because you haven't seen it. And, and listeners who haven't seen it, I don't, I don't want us to see it. Um, because it's, it's an experience that um, can't, just like the, what we just said here, that can't be uh, explained um, trying to explain it would probably ruin it even when you're watching it. Right. Um, okay. and, and would lessen the experience of it. Uh, having one person tell you like, this is what I get out of the scene. And this is how I interpret the scene, or this is what made this scene made me feel like ruins the whole scene. Right. You just kind of got experience. Mm. And it's not just the scene. There's many scenes throughout this whole thing that kind of puzzle piece, everything together in ways. So I'm just going to kind of glance over most of it. And just okay. really quickly say it does a lot of very difficult things. Um, uh, well done. You look at the trailer and you're like, okay, the trailer looks interesting, but really confusing. And I'm not sure what the heck's going on. Uh, they tackle all the confusion, right? They tackle everything in a way, in, in di- many different ways. And every way they do it makes sense, works, and you're like, oh man, that is just unique way to like a, a way of storytelling, a unique way of directing, um, a unique way of like vision type stuff thrown in with uh, genuine comedy, just like Marvel movies throw in their comedy here and there, right? Um, mm-hmm. Genuine, re- very very relatable characters in a very fantastical weird show. Every one of the characters is relatable, normal. You you get it. You get the people. And you're like, how is this, how is it possible that I can get relatable people with crazy whacked out type things that, you know, they're just thrown at me all over the place. And it does, it just does. It does it on acting, directing, cinematography, all of the checkboxes. Um, and at the end of the day, it has a huge heart. Like you don't know that it's going to have a heart or where they, where they come at. So this isn't even a spoiler because when it happens, you don't see it coming. You know, you don't realize that, Oh, Oh, this is what this is about, or this is the story they're telling, or thing because it's not like a whodunit or you try to figure it out. It's just a a nice little thing that they they give you. It's kind of like a gift from the writers and directors that like, um, hmm. th- you know this this is a, this is a story that's in in that's being kind of told along the way here, um, and right. you kind of dawn and realize it with the characters as you're going along, which makes it very impactful and very personal and very you know. I don't want to say heartwarming, but just good, right? Just a good thing. So when it was over, you know, I wanted to wait to, I wanted to watch every second all the way to the end. And it's not a necessarily short movie, two hours and something. Um, okay. But every minute of it, I was, I was there, right? I was, I was there. Um, I, 
So I'll close it with this. I I want to recommend it for the movies to see in the movies. You know how sometimes I say that there's a home you can watch these at home. Some things you can't. Mm-hmm. I want to watch, say recommend for the movies only for this, only because uh, of the uninterrupted viewing. If you can watch movies where you're uninterrupted, this totally can be watched at home. No problem. Um, okay. It, you'll you'll get everything you need from it. It doesn't need to be watched on the big screen because of that. But if you've got anyone you're watching it with that likes to get up and make popcorn in the microwave or go get a drink mm-hmm. and then have a chat about something else while they're doing it, it's going to ruin the whole movie. <laughs> it really will ruin the whole movie. Um, okay. Because there's so many things that are like what you think is insignificant and then they call it back later and then they call it back again later. And then you're like, and all the, all the time. And you're like, I don't know what's going on because I missed it because so-and-so was talking about their Coke, right? <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, if okay. you can watch it, you know, if you're on your own and you're, you're not going to do something else, you're going to sit down on your bed and, and watch it on your laptop, that totally works. It, right. It's totally fine. Um, but the theater does give you that opportunity where it's big, it's in your face, and there's not people going around. Um, and especially a movie like this, there's probably not going to be kids watching this movie, right? It's going to be people kind of want to be there for this one. Um, so I, I, I did it. Um, and I hate saying this, but without people haven't seen it uh, but it is i think easily one of my top 10 movies of all time if i had one my 100 list wow. this would be on it um okay. and it's it's crazy for me to say it. i'm knocking off i'm sure some incredible movies that i've that are impactful for history but i can't think of a movie die hard just slipped to number 11 yeah it's it's gone right <laughs> um but yeah it, i'm gonna recommend this i'm gonna recommend this movie for for to anyone all the time who asked what movie I should watch. And I'm going to say, you know, oh, wow. have you seen Star Wars? I'm sure everybody's seen Star Wars. Um, you know, right. how about this one? Have you seen this one? I'm like, no. Okay, now go out and watch that that movie. It's going to be everything everywhere. Um, and yes. which is which is very, very cool. Uh, it will be the thing anyone says, Hollywood doesn't make original movies anymore. I'm going to slap in the face and then give them a copy of this movie. Because uh, this has not been done before. Um well done, the Daniels, which is funny. Their their name is the Daniels. Um, <laughs> it's like two people who are friends, and their first name is Daniel, so they call them the Daniels. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's funny. and and they're credited as the Daniels, which is funny. That's weird. Okay, so anyway, that um, that's that's the thing. Go watch it; it's pretty cool. Uh, nice. nice. Hey, we didn't say at the end of this one that our next movie. Sorry, I skipped over that and blended it. Oh, in. it's your it's your week. So oh, re- really? Okay, I want to. We've got. Uh, got to watch it early because we're going to go to to foxes um oh no no we're we got we got another we're gonna monday, record right? before we see fox yeah that's right we got an, we got another monday okay so we're good we're, we're we're gonna watch we've watched a lot of serious things we're gonna watch something silly um what do i got on my silly list um rain man no <laughs> um how do you feel about really dumb movies like uh, big trouble little china escape from la um harlem I've nights not seen any of those <laughs> any of those uh yeah they're 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 don't, don't take a lot of expectations from them but watch them when you, you've had a little bit of uh imbibed some some alcohol um okay okay how about um give me a look here do you have a do you have a movie on your list with uh gilbert gottfried on it oh i wish no that would be my favorite Beverly one is Hills aladdin Cop. aladdin is my favorite one hmm. yeah um, but no, let, let's go ahead and watch Escape from L.A. I'm going to preface okay. this. It is not a good movie. Okay. Like it's, <laughs> we're not going to come back next week. and say this is so great. There's so many things like 
It's not. It's it's meant to be one of those movies that are in, intentionally bad, right? Um, so that, that we would and and I would say it's it's a decent candidate for like a movie night thing that you watch with with friends after you're you're all drinking and watching the movie and just like gonna laugh at that stupid thing that they're doing over there. Um, so yeah, Escape from L.A. This is actually kind of great that I'm I'm semi forcing you to watch this because I can't get anybody else to watch this as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is this? Is this Stallone? No, 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 no. It's um, it's my it's my dude. Um, tell from the post. Oh, Kurt, Kurt Kurt Russell. One of the Kurts. Yeah, Kurt Russell. Kurt. Yeah. yeah, and and he's playing Snake Plissken. His name is Snake Plissken, and yeah, it's great. Cool. He's he's very much like a, a caricature of what you think a cool, cool eighties Kurt Russell would be. Well, speaking of things that are probably better after you've imbibed a little of a little something, <laughs> um, <laughs> I started watching something that is by no means new, but not like uh, not like when I started watching Cheers. Um, I started again watching. Um, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh my gosh, I want to watch that again. I, I I don't know what it was, but I think last night when we after we were done watching um, uh, or playing games, I started watching some Gilbert yeah. Godfrey things, and then got down a rabbit hole of watching Always mm. Sunny. So, right, good timing. I, what what were you watching? What made you start watching some things? So, uh, people were talking about it in another uh, online community Discord that I'm in, but. I tried watching this years ago because people talked about it. Our friends, you know, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, it's this and this, like in Always Sunny. And I tried to watch it not knowing anything about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you tried to watch, I don't know, maybe The Office. Though I feel like The Office presents itself pretty clearly as what it is in that, you know, it's, that, it's the first of those mockumentary yeah, yeah. Uh, style things. The only thing that you might not realize about the office from watching it is that it's very scripted right because it feels yeah. so improvisational like the, right. the dialogue is also natural um there is some improvising and a lot of the actors are um improv professionals more than actors but um as i understand it always sunny is much more improvisational and uh, yeah, I, I didn't so know too. that when I when I tried to watch it, and so I watched it. I watched several episodes, and I was like, I can see why people think this is funny. <laughs> I don't think it's funny. It's like um, like the first season of The Office or like The British Office. Like yeah. this is funny, but I feel like they're leaning on offensive, crude humor too much. Oh, it's like, like a if lot, you, <laughs> especially the first this, season. This this might not be a relatable reference, but I'm like, if you've ever met somebody who grew up in a super conservative environment and then gets out, you, you know, it's like a, it's almost like binge drinking, right? Like somebody who had alcohol as a forbidden fruit for their whole growing up. And then once they are free from that at college or something, they way overdo it and, right. you know, in a dangerous way. This is how that felt. I was like, are these people all just swearing telling dirty jokes for the first time because none of this is funny it's just offensive (laughs) and i'm not i'm not offended but i don't think it's funny i don't think it's funny just because it's offensive um and so i had this weird sort of expectation for it and so then for years because it's probably been 
10 years since I tried to watch it, maybe not that long ago, but I had heard some of those things. I had heard that it's more improvisational. I talked to Mm -hmm. people who had watched it, and so I had this in my mind for a while, like, maybe I should give it another shot. Maybe it's more... um, Maybe it's more enjoyable if I know that, if my expectations are are a little more tempered, if I know that they're just kind of given the outline of a scene and then they're making stuff up all the time. Right, yeah. And and so I did that, a combination of that, and it's it's a perfect... Somebody in my other group described it as um, it will reward you for giving it your full attention but it doesn't demand your full attention. Yes, um, for I'm sure. probably paraphrasing that a little yeah. bit. Because I, I have a lot of time where I'm doing something on my computer and I want something just kind of in the background. I had been yeah. watching um, other RVers on YouTube and stuff like that. And, and this is perfect. Like, I can follow along with whatever ridiculous hijinks they've got going on. Yeah. And then it's... Um, once Danny DeVito shows up, it's even better. Like, yeah. people say it's bad before that. And it is bad, but yeah. bad in the way that all of it is bad. So it's really just like, if you like it when Danny DeVito's there, the stuff before you'll like maybe just not as much. Yeah, I, um, I, I agree 100% with that. When he shows up, not that he's the only the, thing that's funny, but it's just, and they start to, the, like, there's, gel. There's another layer, yeah, there's another layer of the of the interactions. And then understanding that... They're all terrible people. Yeah. All four of them, all five yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, helps, you know, it, it gets me a long way toward, okay, what's the, what's the worst thing somebody could say? Like, this girl walks into the bar and she's, you know, her grandpa just died in there last night, but she's kind of cute. So what's the worst possible reaction to this? Oh, of course, Dennis and Mac are going to f- kind of fight over her. <laughs> right right to like see who can pretend to have been a better friend to her dead grandpa who neither of them knew at all they're just terrible and it's like it's like sitcom funny but then also just horrible person you know thing and and and, and it yeah, just... it's a good like late night watch that i definitely don't give my full attention and no. it's just kind of funny in it i i like i like how how you use it as whether like using it as a a background thing that you just kind of casually watch because i think that's perfect that is a perfect way to watch that show that's right that is exactly how i did it i always had it on at work like always in the corner um because i would be doing normal stuff that i'm actually focusing on and then i would see a scene that they you know in my corner of my eye or hear it there and then like oh i take my attention in there and then laugh out loud because Sure, they've got a whole running bit in the thing, but you know, it's just there that moment of improv between two a situation, like you said, like the the person walking into the bar at that time, how they instantly react and do their improv there was is just great. Um, that right. that show has this thing where because it's so you know obviously it's written by the cast and like Charlie uh, Charlie Day and Rob uh, McKellamy, he plays Mac and Charlie. They're the, yeah. the writers and big, big people for it. They, uh, they're just kind of, it, it, the whole show feels like it's just from the hip, right? They're just like improving every, oh, yeah. every time, every, the next episode, let's do, um, this, right. And they just do it mm-hmm. right. N- no restraints, no, whatever. Like, sure. Guy says it, we're, we're doing it. Um, and then they just go. And then it, because of that, they just kind of con- 
continue to play season after season, like it snowballs, like Charlie becomes this sloven, slovenly kind of type person that's just really troubled or, you know, has some mental issues, right? And he just gets worse. He just continues to go. He moves in with Frank and then Danny DeVito kind of like leans into that too, right? Which is great because Mm -hmm. Danny DeVito, you know who Danny DeVito is as an actor and he's coming in and you can tell he's just doing the improv stuff too, right? He's like, I don't know who these weird people are, but I'm here for it and I'm going to be just as crazy. So he jumps on Charlie Day's train and they become just this duo of craziness um, so I think mm-hmm. that's what that's what's big about that show is that it's just a they it's just these people who have developed these characters over time with no set goal or reason, right? There's just right. no reason whatsoever, um, which is which is admirable. I I I haven't seen it in a while. There's several seasons out. I mean, it's been on forever. It's like something like 14 seasons or some kind of nonsense. Um, yeah, but uh, it, it it's all it's always nice to kind of go back and watch it. There, there is one season in particular that I think is crazy that, uh, Mac, uh, or Rob, Mc, again, I say his last McKelney. McKelhenny. That might be sad. I don't know. He, he gained like 50 pounds just to gain 50 I, pounds for the show. And I've heard about this. Yeah. He, he, he gets to be big Mac and, um, that's what he does. He's like, I'm going to do a season where we all make fun of me for being fat and then I'm going to lose all the weight. Like he just does. Right. And he, so, and, and, the, and he writes the gags remember half the time and they're all do it. So he does it yeah. like all the fat jokes. He, he's going to tell all these fat jokes and he's fat. Like he makes them all about himself. Right. <laughs> um, which is just a riot. Right. And he, and everybody on the yeah. cast just leans into these fat jokes, which, you know, if you make fat jokes, it's going to get, old and then you're going to be like some people are going to be offended but like if your main dude is fat and then he comes around turns around like the next season and then just immediately loses all the weight because he just goes into exercise mode and dieting mode and such back to his normal stuff and he's like yeah i just did and then that's over like that's so great that was that was perfect uh he's also married to deandra in real life if you didn't know those two are actually which is i did not know that it it is pretty great because when he 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 like rails into her all the time like the characters he's mm-hmm, always mm-hmm. you know like making fun of her constantly which is just you know hilarious that it's his wife right, right. <laughs> it's like um it's like tammy too in uh in parks and rec yes yeah um megan uh megan Mullally is nick offerman's wife in yes. real life and so when her character is so ridiculous and he's so mean to her <laughs> You're like it's so great. Okay, yeah, that's that's funny. There's like an extra level, like the surface of it. If you don't know that, is still entertaining. But then once yes. you know the meta of it a little bit, you can appreciate it even more. It totally, totally. Well, that, that's great. I, I I do want to get back to that one. It's it's also nice to not have like because I don't I don't I don't care too much. Like you can just drop it right, and then just exactly when, you, when exactly. it gets boring, you, you can you can drop in and out. It's for me. It's that space of like where I might be rewatching something, right? Where I might, you know, put on The Office or, or Next Generation, Star Trek Next Generation again, mm-hmm. I can put this on because it can be the last thing I see before I go to bed and in the morning I don't remember the episode and I don't care. It's not like, <laughs> don't care. I, I, you know, I fell asleep watching Picard or, um, or some other new show or I'm trying to watch anime and I'm falling asleep because I'm trying to read the subtitles. 
and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. And now I've got to like rewatch it or back up or something. With Always Sunny, I don't care. I'm like, yep, this thing. Yeah. They did the hijinks. The movie's playing. No, the music's playing. It's time to go to bed. Have you gotten into, I'm not sure how many seasons you've watched. Have you gotten any, into anything with Mac's mom or Charlie's mom? Mm, a little bit. A little bit. There's an episode where um, a pretty early on after, after they introduced Danny DeVito where um, Mac sleeps with uh, Dennis and Dee's mom. And, <laughs> yeah. then, and then Dennis goes around trying to seduce he tries to seduce Mac's mom, and then he tries to seduce um, um, Charlie's mom. <laughs> Charlie's mom. That's pretty early. Yeah. Um, and then I just got past the episode with the dads. That's oh, sure. I don't know if it's worth like spoiling or not, but they're like maybe Danny DeVito isn't their biological dad. <laughs> that that yeah, that it's just ridiculous. Right? I, <laughs> I cracked up at their lie. They're like, "Is it possible? Is it possible? It's this guy?" And and Deandra is like. I don't know. Is that more weird than our dad having black hair and being four <laughs> eleven? Yeah, like, like that's like, and they and they like rail on Frank so much all the time, which is right. great. Yeah. Um, the, the, I mentioned the mom's thing because the actresses, I mean they all are, but oh yeah, the actresses are are just so interesting. Uh, Sandy Martin plays Max mom, and she's just this like, like just weird smoking grandma type mom and it's of course you would right. think this is exactly max mom but it's even better is uh lynn marie stewart plays charlie's mom and she's just like this sweet Susie homemaker type mom you'd see from the mm-hmm. 50s leave it to beaver show and later on that it, it becomes apparent that she um let's just say gets around with anybody and anybody all the time and and but she's still always like sweet Susie homemaker right but she's got yeah, a lot it's right. So it's implied in the in the end of that mom episode that um that Frank could be Charlie's biological. <laughs> Charlie, that's why they do like that. Well, there's yeah. I, I remember there's there's one episode, and again, I don't think it's a spoiler because there's no spoilers to this show. It's that Charlie right. Charlie will appear uh, occasionally not realize that that his life isn't normal, right? And so he he did okay. he always thought that there was like multiple Santas. All the time, like there's always Santas, sure. many Santas come to his house every year. Um, and evidently it got around that, that uh, for all the drunk Santas on, on Christmas Eve, they could all go to Charlie's mom's house. So as a kid, he okay. just saw all the Santas lining up outside of his door all the time. And he was <laughs> so excited. And they'd leave things like gum and cigarettes. And that was his Christmas. Nice. It's just excellent. So, so dumb. But yes, uh, that makes me... Because there's seven seasons left that I have not seen, I'm, it makes me kind of want to put it on mm. again as, as my background uh, background show. Well, well um, the other, mostly. the last last thing I think we we have tonight is a show that I just started watching um, called Severance. Mm. Uh, it's got Adam Scott, who is Ben Wyatt on Parks and Rec. Oh yeah, right, yeah. Um, it's a sort of dark. I don't know dark comedy. It's it's definitely dark, uh, dystopian kind of thing. Um, I think it's an Apple TV uh, show. The idea is some company, some corporation, some office has uh, developed the technology to split uh, people's consciousness consciousnesses. Mm-hmm. It's a tricky word. Um, in such a way that 
they have no memory of the other half of themselves, right? It's like um, yeah. it's like if somebody goes through trauma and they repress memories and they mm -hmm. they develop a sort of um, uh, multi, uh, MPD multiple personality disorder or DPD dissociative personality disorder. disorder. Mm -hmm. um, it's like that, except this company has set it up and they can control it. And so you as a person sign up for this and you, you volunteer to, to go into this department and they put this chip in your brain. And when you go through the elevator, um, you become a different version of yourself. The version of you in the office has no knowledge of who you are outside. It's just a new person. And then same thing when you go out, you have no memory of what you did at work, That's right? Weird. So it's this ultimate like, like work-life balance extreme uh, kind of thing. And then they, they deal with stuff because there's a new girl and she is unhappy and keeps trying to leave, but then comes back. And you find out in the second episode that her, they call him Innie and Audi. Her Audi, her normal personality is like, what happened? Did I just run away? All right, I'm going back in. And the inside personality, of course, has no, um, has no memory of that. It's pretty dark. I'm like three episodes into it. Um, and so we'll see whether that's, but yeah. it's an interesting concept. Um, and I'm not sure yet where they're going with it. Our buddy Pete well, recommended it. To I, I don't, I don't think that, uh, and we don't, we're not going to spend time on it here, but, um, I, I will say the second episode of Moon Knight dropped. I, we, I don't. The reason I don't want to spend time on this because we should. This is one of those things we should just wait until we have got like four episodes or so in our belt. Um, yeah, I saw that too. I don't know that I have more opinions on it yet. It's interesting. I I, I like I like it. it. I actually but. like it a lot more. I remember we talked about last. I, I all I wanted to add was that like last week we didn't have a whole lot to say because we just watched one episode. All we could say was like we we'll have to wait and see. I think after the second episode, I'm I'm in. Like not like I'm mm -hmm. I'm excited I'm on this train let's go watch like something like I'm I'm in for the show now like I'm ready for sure. I like the I like the directing I like this I like the story I like the acting and the people uh, I'm interested and I want to watch more right um and, mm -hmm. and from the villains the the heroes the things you know the way it's it's told I, I'm I'm kind of in for this so the second the second episode kind of brought that together for me so anybody's listening like you know i'm not sure you know watch the first couple of episodes and i think it is worth the time to, to watch and it probably will be later on the line but we'll talk yeah, about it so. more more on for, for next week later later on yeah right i i am going to go to i think um as we close here kind of a, for our listeners and for for you dennis um i you know summer is, is to come up and we are getting now uh, a regular stream of movies. Um, I'm trying to put myself okay. back into the mode that I used to be where if I'm bored, go to the movies, right? Cause that's okay. always a happy place for me. Um, sure. and uh, if I've got nothing to do or, you know, I'm done with stuff and want to do something fun, you know, go to the movies. Uh, thankfully there's a lot of movies coming out, uh, for the next several months. Um, but I'm uh, coming up. They're not always going to be good, but, uh, I'm a, I'm going to take Sid to go see Sonic 2, Sid and Lola. We're going to go watch that one, I think, this weekend. <laughs> I, heard that's I want really to take. Good. Yeah, well, I, I'm excited about that one because we, we like the first one. Um, uh, we're, Sid and I are, because Sid wants to watch the new Harry Potter thing, although it's not Harry Potter, it's Fantastic Beasts. Um, Fantastic Beasts. I've yeah, not heard good things about that. Yeah, but. I've not heard good things about that either, but, you know, she likes that series. So, sure, um, sure. 
we're, we're going to go watch that one. Um, there's the, called the Northman, which, um, I'm a big Viking guy and it's gotten fantastic, right. uh, pre-reviews. So that, I think that I one looks good. For that. And then, uh, in the third or fourth week coming up here after that is, um, Dr. Strange. So that's hmm. coming up really quick to watch. And then somehow I want to get back in to see everything everywhere again. So hmm. I'm going to have to go during a week, during the week, I think it's going to happen. Which is fine. Mm. I, I'm. Yeah. I got to get myself in that mentality because because I really. It's one of those you know for several years not having that happy place type thing is is sad and it's it's they're open now they're not open quite as much. Still, it's frustrating to me that right. there's only like one or two showings in a movie theater, uh, mm. and they're only open Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. That's very very limiting and frustrating to me. Um, sure. It, it's it's really it's really more frustrating That's... that I know people that live like just not too far away in Indianapolis that. They're open every weeknight and, you know, noon showings and 10 o'clock showings still. Hmm. So, and it's very frustrating. Just more, our, more our population. Theaters. I'm sure the theater's short-staffed, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, we have super short-staffed theaters. So, uh, anyway, cool. Yeah, that's it. That's what we got for this week, man. All right. Well, you've been listening to The Front Porches, episode 241. Uh, thanks to our friends at LRM Online. Check them out. Our buddy Fox does reviews over there. Uh, if you want to reach out to us with suggestions for things we should watch and or discuss, you can do that via email. The address is frontporchpod at gmail.com, or you can go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, where we have show notes and contact forms, all that good stuff. If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on the podcast of your choice. And while you're there, if you leave us a positive review, we always appreciate that. It helps out so much. As always, thanks for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.